Hey folks, it's Cody Stoffer with Playmakers Corner, here to tell you about Code Red Coaching. Competing in athletics means you've lifted the weights, you've watched film, and you've got the passion. Problem is, that's what everyone else in the state has done. Perfect your game by honing in on your mental performance with Code Red Coaching. Whether you are a team or an individual, Code Red Coaching has the tools to create mentally solid habits and set up you or your team for success. Find Code Red Coaching at coderedcoaching.com or call 720-979-1914 to learn more today. That's coderedcoaching.com or 720-979-1914 today. Now back to the show. Hey y'all, welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Cody Stoffer. And I am the co-host, Simon Villanos, a.k.a. Coach V. And we have one of the most decorated or at least high volume positions in the box state today. Talking about the guys in the backfield, our running backs here. And we're doing the top five class of 2023 tailbacks here in Colorado. So let's go ahead and talk about our process first. And, you know, we'll kind of get into that before we talk about our top five. So we have 10 categories, those categories being vision, footwork, receiving, power slash explosiveness, agility slash change of direction, speed, balance slash body control, frame slash strength, tackle breaking, and acceleration. Those 10 categories are graded on a scale of one to 10. One through three beating being needs improvement, should be a priority for this player, could get them benched. Four through six being average, where, you know, on a bad day, it's below average, but above average at the best, but maybe not college geared quite yet. Seven to eight being above average to good. This is a two to low three-star level kind of grade here. Eight to nine being good to great. This is a three-star talent. This is a next level talent. And then, you know, even a low four-star talent. This is something that puts them above other recruits, whether it's in this state or otherwise. And then nine to 10 is very good to elite. This is a four to five star kind of thing where even at its worst, it's still good, uh, serviceable and standing out and something that, you know, could earn them a starting spot on the next level or, you know, provides them an opportunity to play on the next level. Now, myself and Coach V, we both look at all these prospects. We looked at, I want to say, 10 to 12 running backs from this senior class, uh, which we usually do. Honestly, you know, the Colorado running back classes are usually stacked statistically. So, you know, we really got to watch the film. We go and see these guys live. And, you know, somebody at the podcast has seen all these guys play live. uh, If you include, you know, our intern Gideon and whatnot. So, you know, we've gotten to watch these guys. We've watched their film throughout the year. These guys have all been playmakers of the week before whether it was this year or last year so you know some of these guys have been in our radar for a minute and so i grade one through ten for these ten categories coach v grades one through ten for these categories and then we take those two scores and we average them out this was especially important because the difference between our number five and our number six guy is by 0. 0.05 0.05 is what separated our number five from our number six very talented running back class. This is why we have the rubrics. This is why we do the average and talk that out. So, you know, that's kind of our process, what we do. And, you know, we, you know, Coach V had had a good idea for this episode here where we even watched some of the best in the country prior to watching these guys. Isn't that right, Coach V? Yes, that is correct. Uh, we 
picked three, well, I picked three running backs who were some of the top-rated guys in the country. And so I'm just going to go ahead and name them right now. But one of them is Ruben Owens. He's out of Texas, uh, the state of Texas. I mean, he's a five-star. He's, I think, either one of the highest-rated backs or the highest-rated backs uh, in the entire country. Uh, big dude. He does basically everything a lot of these other guys do, but he's like 6'1", 220 pounds uh, doing it. Plus, he plays in Texas. And so uh, that's one of the guys we looked at. Then there's Cedric Baxter Jr. By the way, Ruben Owens committed to Texas A&M, so just keep that in mind. Then there's Cedric Baxter Jr. Uh, out of Florida, I believe. Another taller guy that could do a lot of these things that the backs here can. Um, I believe he was the other guy that is rated up there with Owens. I want to say he is going to be going to Texas. Am I That's right correct. There? Yeah, he's, okay. he's a long Yeah, hook him. So there you go. Hook him, hook him. But, uh, yeah, so he's a big pickup, another five-star. And then I kind of went with a guy that's a little bit more local, not from Colorado, but he's actually from Kansas, and that's Dylan Edwards, the speedster. He's rated as a four-star on most uh, recruiting sites. And on top of that, he also committed to Coach Prime's CU, so a lot of Colorado fans will be able to watch him as well. But I really looked at, or we really looked at these three guys. We evaluated them, and then that was kind of our baseline evaluating the rest of these guys because this was a very talented running back group. Um, obviously no one that is, you know, at the size of any of these dudes here, but they definitely have the speed. This is definitely probably our fastest position group, uh, probably our fastest top five that we've ever done. You know, a lot of these guys are legit four, 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 five guys. I don't think there's anybody that runs slower than a four, five, five. In my opinion, I think all these guys are legitimate speedsters. Isn't that right, Cody? Yeah, no, these guys are all threats to score anytime they touch the ball. I mean, that's what you want out of next level running backs. And even the guys who didn't make the list, you could qualify them. You know, there's some of those guys that are very, very fast, very athletic, and all have things going for them. So, you know, this was a lot of fun to watch this film. It took a lot of time, a lot of nitpicking at some things, and a lot of uh, paragraphs of notes between Coach V and I. Some of these guys who we've evaluated before, Got to meet a handful of these guys and, you know, it's just been, it's been fun watching these guys who, you know, have all, you know, made a name for themselves even prior to this year and getting to watch them do their thing. Uh, we even have one guy in our honorable mentions who is a one-year starter who made some noise on this list, which is kind of a big deal, you know, especially here in Colorado where running backs, you know, will usually start to get touches like their sophomore year, uh, like these top guys would or did. So, you know, I think it was very interesting to look at all these and then, go through our overall grades. Coach V, do you have anything else to add on in our evaluation process before I introduce our number five guy? No, not really. I mean, I think you said this already. It's the average uh, that really determines the rankings here because myself and Cody have some different grades. I mean, they vary, and these are really close here. So uh, there you go. But that's pretty much it. Uh, so go ahead and talk about our number five running back here in Colorado in the class of 2023. All right. So our number five 2023 back is Diego Kearns out of Eagle Crest High School. Shout out to Diego for being a good sport when I was saying Cerns for the longest time. 
But, you know, let's go ahead and talk about these grades and just the things that Diego does really well. And, you know, Coach V alluded to this very quickly before this segment even started. And it starts with the speed here. Speed kills, and that is how Diego Kearns became one of the most notorious playmakers in the entire state here. Look, 9.1 acceleration, that is his highest grade or a tie for his highest grade. And then his speed is at a 9. There was a time where even in a game that I went and saw, this was the Grandview game, where they were kicking it short so that he would not get a chance to return the ball. And Eagle Crest and Diego pulled a fast one on him, and he ran up to the ball, you know, from way far away. So he already, you know, used some of his gas to catch this ball that was kicked, you know, maybe to that that third line, I want to say, of, of special teams. And he ran all the way up to get that, and people cleared out. And then he took that to the house. He is a threat to take any punt or kick to the house on special teams where he can show his speed and such, you know, that really open field. That's one place where he makes himself so dangerous. But it's also very evident when he is running as well. When he gets past that second level, you better hope that your safeties and corners take good angles or that somebody slowed him down first. Otherwise, that's and that's a Raptor touchdown. That's a wrap, one might say. So, you know, Diego, very, very fast, very dangerous, gets up to his top speed super quickly and just such a threat, you know, on, on that aspect of the ball. But, you know, he has a few other nines here. He has a nine in balance slash body control. He has a nine in footwork and he has a 9.1 in agility slash change direction. He's nasty. Somebody needs to get this guy a sneeze guard because he hits spins in the backfield to, you know, create something and be able to get out of really bad situations. He can, you know, cut on a dime. He has the big jukes. He has huge jump cuts. He can turn direction like he's a joystick, you know, just that extreme level of control. You could tell the way that he runs to how tight his, you know, chest is to his knees, that he understands his leverage. He understands the best position to be in to change direction and to be able to turn up field etc 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 so he's just a very polished athlete overall and you know he's a huge reason why eagle crest was able to make a return to the playoffs this year building off of all of the things that made him great even in his junior year he furthered that this year his senior year so you know everything that he did good before he did great this year and so i mean you're looking at this and he has one, two, three, four, five categories that are of four-star ratings here. He has another one knocking on the door, in my opinion, with his vision. Not only from his, you know, obviously returning, that's one kind of vision here. But I think that with the times that he was faced with defenders in the backfield, being able to keep his eyes downfield and find that opening. You know, I'd say his junior year, he was a little sideline happy and he reduced back on that quite a bit and got really good at playing the middle of the field, utilizing his blockers downfield or even utilizing defenders to get into the way of other defenders. And I think that that's just a huge testament to, you know, his situational awareness here and just everything that he needed to do in general. Now, his lowest categories here, you know, he's at an 8.3 for power slash explosiveness. I think that he's very explosive. I think that he has great burst, but he doesn't really translate that into carrying defenders forward. Like, he'll keep his legs chugging when, you know, defenders kind of wall him up a little bit, but he's not really going to break out of a ton of tackles with power. He's not going to fall, like, four yards forward there. He's not going to, you know, 
like give that quick acceleration pop kind of run. That's just, I mean, he can in in doses though. So that's why that's at an 8.3. But I mean, it's still rated good. I still think that he has good power slash explosiveness. But the parts where I start to get longing for more is definitely his receiving is probably the biggest shame because I still have his receiving rated at an 8. But I had to dig through his film for games where he had a ton of receptions. And even then, a lot of them are shovel passes or screen passes. You know, there are times where he did line up at wide receiver his junior year and they were a little bit more creative with how they used him. So that's why he did get up to an 8. But I do think that, you know, a lot of the time he was asked to stay back and pass block, which, you know, he can, he's a competent pass blocker. And I'll talk about that in a second. But when you have an athlete like Diego, why don't you give him a Texas route and see what he can do like one-on-one -on -one against a linebacker in the middle of the field? That could easily be a 30-yard gain. I'd like to put him at, out at wide receiver and have him run like a hitch and go and see what happens there. Or even, you know, line him up on that, you know, that wide receiver three slot kind of position and have him run a deep in on a linebacker, it's not going to work out for that linebacker. And he might even score because he's fast enough to catch it and then probably split the safeties if you're looking at a cover two look. Or if it's cover one and you have Diego one-on-one -on -one with a safety, I also like those odds. So, you know, it's just one of those things where I definitely think that schematically there are some things that got in the way, but I do think that the potential is there for him to be a threat on the receiving end. Now, frame slash strength here, I have rated at an 8 here. Now, I think that at 5'10", 180, it's not the worst um, size to be. And, you know, it's not like he's weak either. Like I said, the whole reason that this even made it to an 8 is because of what the flashes that he showed as a pass blocker through both of his years as film. He does a good job. He even got a pancake on, like, a whole end that definitely looked like he was at least 260 pounds or something. Um, number 91 at Cherokee Trail, you gotta get it together. But outside of flaming opposing players here a little bit, I think that, you know, he stands up well in, in the pass, but strength-wise, he doesn't have, like, a super vicious stiff arm. You know, he he flashes it sometimes, so that's why it's still here at an 8. It's still, like, that 3-ish star kind of level with upside to it, but it's not... He doesn't have a huge body of work doing that, and it's not really his game either and that brings us to this last one tackle breaking look he wiggles out of tackles in like the elusive way but he's not somebody that's going to like there's guys who are on the honorable mentions list that shed two to three tackles on almost every play and that's just not something that i would ask of diego that's not really something that he's about and you know at the end of the day he's a wiggly tailback who you know Makes defenders look silly. He takes them out of their shoes. He's a huge threat on special teams. Teams, like I said, would rather kick it short or eventually out of bounds as the season went on. He has really pristine footwork that allows him to make the moves that he does and the agility to maximize his vision of turning the field for scores. He's really fast. He gets to speed quickly. His, verse, his burst is very explosive, like a bolt of lightning, and allows him to, you know, surprise a lot of teams. And, you know, I think that most of the time if teams can't bring him down, I think it's more of a body control kind of thing where he's just very good at playing at that leverage, getting back to that center of balance and staying on his feet more than it is like a tackle breaking kind of thing. Like he's more of a bounce off of a guy and stay up completely fine and regain his speed very quickly to rip off long runs. So, you know, I think that with some more... 
I think that if he got utilized a little bit more, his receiving grades definitely could have benefited the most. But I think that other than that, most of these grades are kind of where they are almost definitively here. So that's kind of my evaluation on Diego Kearns. Just to kind of remind everyone here, I have 8-8 eight, eight vision, 9 footwork, 8 receiving, 8.3 power slash explosiveness, 9.1 agility slash change of direction, speed 9, balance control 9, frame 8, tackle breaking 7.5, and, and acceleration 9.1 for an overall score of 85.8. Coach V, go ahead and take it away on your grades of Diego Kearns here and also, this might just be one of those episodes, too, for our listeners as a warning where, you know, where we decide to put points is probably going to vary quite a bit on this one compared to most positions, I would say, just because of, you know, just how we both view the running back position. We're obviously going to agree most of the time, but I think that, you know, there might be examples where I put points in one category versus another because I look at it from this perspective versus Coach V is like, hey, I actually put the points in this category. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, here, let me just go ahead and just go down the line here with my grades for Diego. But gave him an 8.6 for vision, footwork 9.3, receiving 8, power explosiveness 7.7, .7, agility uh, 9.2, speed 9.3, balance body control 8. Uh, frame strength 7.4, tackle breaking 8.3, acceleration 9.3 for an overall grade of an 85.1 here. Uh, first off, talking about his highest grades, gave him a 9.3 for three different categories. That's acceleration, speed, and footwork. First things first, he's a legit 4-4 guy. May even get faster, to be honest with you. Uh, but he's extremely fast. He's explosive. This is a kid that, you know, you got a game plan for if you are an opposing defensive coordinator. You can't allow Diego to rip off long gains because he is a home run hitter, to be honest with you. He's going to go ahead, get out there, and he's going to rip off some long 40, 50, 60-plus yard runs. That's what he does if he gets loose, you know, and so... As a defensive coordinator, you got to really game plan for him. You got to hem him in. You got to really force him inside and, you know, hope uh, someone in your front seven could go ahead and bring him down uh, before he finds a crease and gets outside or breaks one loose. And so that's just the type of player he is. Um, and that's why he's a next level player, ultimately, because he has the speed to play on the next level and be very good on the next level. So boom there you go i am gonna shout out his agility and change of direction at a 9.2 as well uh, not as high as grade obviously but you know still up there i mean this is a kid that uh could string together a couple moves in a row and then really just find that crease so there you go now his lowest grade 7.7 for power explosiveness and 7.4 for frame and strength there i kind of want to talk about that a little bit more he does have a listed frame uh, of a 5'10", 180-pound running back here. Uh, it, he's probably close to that. He's, you know, whenever it comes to height and weight, it's always ish, I would say, like 5'10"-ish, 180-ish, especially especially on the high school level and especially when it comes to running backs, I've found. And so there's usually a little bit of a range there. But regardless, I mean, just looking at Diego here in general, I mean, I've seen the kid 
in person, you know, shout out TFG. Uh, I've been to multiple workouts. Um, I've seen him work out. I've seen, I've like stood next to the dude, you know, just eye test wise. He's just not the biggest guy, you know, and look, I'm, I'm from Texas. You know, every running back there is six foot 200 at least, you know, and that's on the smaller side, to be honest with you. Uh, so there you go. And so I feel like I know what I'm talking about when it comes to the eye test with frame strength and all that. And it kind of shows on film as well when he's running in between tackles. Is he really going to run over a linebacker for a yard for that first down that you need on third and short or fourth and short? Yeah, we'll see, you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll honestly see, and he, I think he knows that, you know, and he obviously uh, plays the game to his strengths, he's not going to run over a dude uh, that he feels like he can't when he could just juke them out of their shoes and then bounce it outside for a huge gain, you know, or for a big gain, uh, and he has really good stamina too, so he could run around for as long as you want, and so... That's probably one of my bigger concerns with him. Uh, you know, this is a back that, you know, he when you get the ball in his hands, he's going to play make, he's going to do his thing, but he's probably not the strongest dude. Uh, I mean, if he goes one-on-one -on -one with a D1 linebacker or even D2 linebacker, you know, and he doesn't juke them out, is he really going to beat him? In my opinion, the answer is no. You know, it's just not. And so that's something I like to see him do. And, and I think he could afford it, too. I think he could definitely get stronger. I want to see him get to the 200-pound range. I feel like he could really get to the 200-pound range and not lose too much speed and whatnot. Uh, so that's really something I want to see there. Um, but that's honestly my biggest concern. Other than that, you know, I think this kid's a playmaker. You know, for Eagle Crest, when you get the ball in his hands, he did a lot of great things uh, for them. And uh, I do want to shout out receiving real quick. Cody, you kind of touched on this, but Eagle Crest just didn't utilize him as much as a receiver as I'd want to. If I was a coach, I'd be putting him, I'd be using him however I'd like, you know, just uh, using him as a runner, obviously. And then definitely as a receiver, just to give the defense different looks. You know, and to get him the ball in different ways as well, because there's only so many times you could hand him off the ball before they start stacking it and, you know, really setting those edges. And then what then, you know, and so that's kind of something I'm really disappointed in. But that's not really Diego's fault. I think on the next level, he is going to be somebody that's going to be used a lot as a receiver and uh, especially I would say um, someone that's going to be used a lot on special teams. Cody, you kind of talked about that a bit, but I think he could be a really good special teamer as well. But Diego Kearns, he is an electrifying playmaker, but would like to see him get a little bit bigger and stronger in between the tackles. And I think he could definitely afford it because he has the speed uh, already. And even if he was to lose a couple of steps, he's still a couple of steps ahead of most football players. But, Cody, what do you think about that evaluation before we talk about his commitment here? No, I think that's that's accurate and fair. He definitely – you're right. In the eye test sense, he does not look that big, seeing as how we've we've met him in person and whatnot. Um, he definitely benefited on on my score from, from the little bit of pass blocking that he did. But, I mean, I definitely think that athletically – and speed-wise, you have to love the upside. I mean, he had three kickoff returns for touchdowns this year, which is ridiculous. I mean, he just impacts the game on so many levels. And look, 
if you can win on offense with Diego, and if you can win on special teams with Diego, that puts you, you already won two facets of the game here. And so, you know, you think of like what Eagle Crest was able to do this season and games that he played very well. And it's like the games where he was able to impact both special teams and offense, they were probably more likely to win those games than other games. So, you know, I think that that's a very important thing to bring up because, I mean, look, looking at Eagle Crest season, games where he didn't score a touchdown, they were one and two in. So, you know, I think that that's just something to consider here. And yeah, I think that we could talk about his commitment here and he committed to Emporia State. Wasn't that today on the 23rd of January or it was at least pretty recent? It was a couple of days ago, I want to say, but yeah, no, I mean, it was pretty recent and uh, Emporia State, I believe is a D2, um, but correct. Yeah, but, you know, I feel like they're definitely getting a steal here. I mean, look, here's the thing. You really can't teach speed. You either got it or you don't, you know, and he got it. And so it's really hard to see him not find success. But obviously, uh, I mean, look, he's going to redshirt. I think every running back redshirts um, in college. There's a few that don't, but those are the few that could probably go to the NFL straight out of high school. I'm just going to throw that out there and be a first round guy straight out of high school, but it's neither here or there. So, uh, he's going to redshirt. He's going to get bigger and I'm sure he's going to find playing time. Uh, pretty, I mean, it's hard to imagine him not finding a role for Emporia State very early on. I think at the very least, he's a guy that you have to have on special teams. Uh, Because if you don't got a guy that's 4-4 and whatnot, then, you know, here he is. And if you don't got a guy that's 4-4 on special teams, I could almost guarantee you, uh, especially on these high-level D2s and D1s, they will. So you got to combat speed with speed, right, Cody? Absolutely. I mean, look, speed kills. We hear this all the time. We say it all the time. And, you know, this running back class in general is going to be a great example of that. And Diego Kearns is a part of that example here where, I mean, look, just speed wise, you have to love everything that he has to offer. And then athletically, I mean, his agility is just absurd. And some of the things that he's able to do with this fee and the ways that he's able to move makes him super duper dangerous. I mean, we both had his agility or uh, I mean, his, his uh, footwork graded above a nine. So, you know, I think that that is an important thing to consider. And we both had his agility rated above a nine too. I did. I was reading that correctly. So, you know, when you have a back with speed, with some wiggle or just an athlete with speed and wiggle, he's going to be able to impact the game in multiple ways. I definitely think developmentally speaking, he is somebody that you should be able to, you know, get up to probably, you know, I'd say like 185, 190 and, you know, somebody who can contribute if you roll him out to the slot or, you know, if you put him in motion and like a linebacker follows him to the outside, that should be a go route that you win. You know, I think that that is the high end potential of Diego here. And honestly, like, like you said, Simon, I think this is a steal. I think that this is a D1 player and, you know, he's going to go to Emporia and do his thing. We kind of talked about this before the show that the value of the running back is just probably had an all-time low maybe even in the history of football honestly and uh you know i think that that's going to be reflected as we talk about the outlook for these guys but 
I mean, really, you know, the transfer portal also opens up plenty of opportunities. It probably just takes one game where he gets a long rushing touchdown and a long returning touchdown, which he's capable of as, as a redshirt freshman or sophomore. And uh, there you go. Then you got some D1s looking up from their... Uh, looking up from their iPads, so. Yeah, no, for sure. But, I mean, I'm just going to put this out there once more. Uh, look, it, it, the running back position is at an all-time low. And because of that, you know, you really got to be a complete back. Because to be honest with you, most running backs are replaceable. I'd say it's probably the least valuable position in football right now, which is sad because, well, you know, I'm, I'm a running back, or I was, and I played it. But that's just how it is. And so you got to find ways to separate yourself. You know, Diego, he does enough on multiple sides of the football where he does separate himself. And that's why, you know, he's a top tier player. And he made this list here at number five. But uh, Cody, do you have anything else to add on here? No, I think we can go ahead and jump to our number four guy. All right. So the number four running back here in Colorado in the class of 2023 is Windsor's Jaden Thomas, the 5'8", 175-pound-ish running back for them. Broke all of the records. I'm pretty sure he holds, uh, I want to say he holds maybe all of Windsor's rushing records, which is insane because they were a very run-heavy school, or they've been a very run-heavy school running that option and whatnot over there. But let's go ahead and talk about Jaden Thomas here out of Windsor. So, at Vision gave him a 9, footwork 8.7, receiving 8.1, power explosiveness a 7.8, agility change of direction a 9, speed 9.2, balance body control 8.8, .8. Uh, frame strength gave him a 7.7, .7. then tackle breaking 8.4, acceleration 9.1, and then for me, my grade was an 85.8 here, uh, so rated just a little bit higher, but Let's go ahead and talk about his highest grades. So uh, his highest grades gave him a 9.2 for speed, 9.1 for acceleration, 9 for vision here. Um, I'm also going to say that I gave him a 9 for agility, change of direction. Jaden Thomas is another speedster who, in my opinion, has a little bit of better vision, at least compared to Diego Kearns. I mean, this is a kid where... You know, you watch the film and whatnot. He's facing some pretty stacked boxes, I would say. And he's he still finds ways to find a crease and then get loose. You know, and, and this is also a guy that, honestly, he has very good stamina. There were a couple plays where he reversed fields a couple times on one play. And that is really hard to do while maintaining speed and maintaining, you know, uh, a step or two against opponents. And he maintained a couple of steps over a number of opponents over and over again. I mean, this has been a very consistent running back. This is a kid that you also got a game plan for because, you know, you could still you know, game plan, but if he sees a crease, and he has really good vision, that's why I gave him a 9, 4-star uh, type of vision, in my opinion, but if he sees a crease, he's going to get loose, and there's this one really good play that he had at the beginning of the year against Meade, where uh, it looks like it was an outside run, and Meade, I mean, they're flooding, they play this pretty well, like the linebackers are there, the defensive linemen are there, the secondary is playing this run really well, 
but Thomas sees a very slight crease, and from the angle where he's at, uh, or sorry, from the angle where the camera is at, which I believe was a drone angle here, uh, you don't you don't really see the crease. But Thomas sees it. He hits the crease there. He finds an opening, and then he gets loose for like a 50-yard touchdown, evading like probably not probably the entire defense. To be honest with you. Uh, because that's how good this play was. Like I said, Meade played it really well. And Meade, that's a team that is very well coached. I mean, they have experience against run-heavy teams and whatnot and elite running backs. And, you know, for them to play this uh, play really well outside and, you know, really kind of string this out. I mean, he wasn't going to reach the edge there. Um, was incredible, but it was even more incredible for Jaden Thomas to find that crease, you know, cut it back, and then just house this one. And that's how dangerous of a football player Jaden Thomas is. I think that example of just how elite he is at playmaking uh, just shows what kind of player he is. This is a kid that, you know, even when there's nothing there, he's going to find it. And he has the athleticism to expose it, to be patient, to find the hole. And, you know, like I said, this is also a guy that is going to reverse fields. And, you know, some might say he's doing a little bit too much. But, I mean, he has the speed to get away. And, I mean, when he's in one-on-one, too, with tacklers, it is so hard to tackle this dude because of how fast he's running when he makes these cuts. Like, it is a very high level. Uh, can't brag enough about it. I mean, this is a, a another great speedster that doesn't lose speed at all when he's making cuts. And he was string a couple cuts and jukes and moves in a row, too. Anything to break a play loose, to be honest with you. So, there you go. Heck of a ball player. Now, talking about some of his lowest grades, uh, actually the same grades as the as Diego Kearns uh, relatively same categories as Diego Kearns when talking about some of his areas of improvements and weaknesses power explosiveness though for Jaden Thomas I gave him a 7.8 and then frame and strength gave him a 7.7 uh look he's at 5'8 175 pounds ish you know that's pretty small it's kind of hard for, I, I would imagine it's hard for a lot of colleges to look at him and, and, you know, for him to pass the eye test necessarily. Now, you know this kid is fast, though, and he's a playmaker, and he's going to make a lot of great plays in space, uh, also great on special teams as well. But, you know, is he somebody that's going to be able to be durable running up the middle? Because here's my thing, I think he is definitely strong enough. Uh, I would say he's definitely strong enough to you know run up the middle be physical he has shown that a number of times that he's not afraid to run up the middle and go to work he does that a lot he's willing to do it but i think the bigger i would say the bigger concern would be durability uh and plus i mean just how well that frame which is durability how well that frame will hold up over you know the course of a entire season on the college level I think that's definitely something um, college scouts are a little bit worried about. Even though I don't believe he has missed a game in three years or missed many games in three years, I would say. Um, yeah. So there you go. But I, look, this is another back that I feel like could put on more weight and still be able to run at a high level, still be able to outpace a lot of guys and whatnot. But I think really for Jaden Thomas, uh, I would love for him to put on weight uh, so that 
you know, he's a little bit more durable. It's more of a durability thing than a, oh, is he strong enough? Because I think he is strong enough to go ahead and give you a yard if you really need it. He runs with a good pad level. So I'm just going to throw all of that out there. Uh, Jaden Thomas, honestly, he reminds me a little bit of the Michigan running back, Blake Corum. He is basically the same size. I think Corum might have been 180 or a little bit heavier than 180 coming out of high school. And obviously, uh, he played for a powerhouse over in Maryland. So there you go there. But he reminds me of Blake Corum a little bit, just running the football and all that great stuff. But definitely still stout enough to run up the middle and give you some tough quality yards as well uh, every now and then. And that's, you know, what backs with great vision have. But Cody, what do you think of my evaluation and uh, what is yours? I mean, we're going to agree on quite a bit here because, I mean, look, this is another in speed demon here who's just absurdly athletic. I have his vision right next to Diego's as far as just being a high eight on at least my scale here. And, you know, my overall grade of 85.2 is where, you know, that 5-4 uh, spot comes from and, you know, we average it out. But let's go ahead and talk about it. I'm just going to run down the line here first and talk, you know, vision, like I said, 8-7, footwork, 8-3, receiving, 7-9, power slash explosiveness, just viewed a little bit differently here, but that's fine at an 8-9. Agility slash change of direction, 9-4. Speed, 9.6. Body control, 8.7. Frame slash strength, 7.1. Tackle breaking, 7.2. Acceleration, 9.4 here. So I guess like just the biggest, I'd say, difference is just how I guess I like categorized. You know, maybe his tackle breaking is probably more split up between, you know, his power slash explosiveness is probably where I put a little bit more stock into that. And then his balance slash body control. But before I talk about those things a little bit more, I am going to talk about speed at a 9.6. He is so fast, and his acceleration at a 9.4, he gets up to speed so, so well. It's it's absurd. It's absurd, in short. I think that, you know, obviously you have to note the 4.4 speed, but he does it in pads, though, too. Like, he'll rip off entire field-length runs. He has so many long runs throughout this season. I mean, longs of, and I'm just going to kind of rattle some of these off, 61, 84, 54, 45, 43. That's a lot of, you know, handful of really, really long runs here. And, you know, I think that it's important to to take those into account. And like Coach V said, you know, he's also like a workhorse as well. You know, he gets a ton of carries. He has a ton of school records. And so, you know, while that does play a little bit into his frame slash strength, uh, that is like the more enjoyable part is that his durability up to this point has been good. But continuing on, I just want to say that agility slash chains of direction, side to side, he might be the best lateral back in the state with the ability to just swirl defenders. And, you know, when he cuts across the field, he doesn't really lose speed. And he cuts across the field a lot, a lot, which is a good point for his vision. You know, that mead play that Coach V was talking about where there really wasn't anything there, but he found just a sliver. That's all that he needs to make a play with that speed, with that acceleration, with that burst that I think is truly a testament to his power slash explosiveness. And when he really cuts up field, that power is enough to push through any arm tackles that might come through. And that's why, you know, I have that power graded as, as it is. Cause I think that when he hits that, 
that burst, that snap burst like that, he's going to fall forward. He's going to push through and he just really can go zero to hundred real quick. And so, you know, that's why I have that rated at that 8.9. It's just, you know, and he's got, he's got strong legs, legs. He can push piles. He can move piles for sure. And I think that's where I graded that. Whereas, you know, his tackle breaking, it's not like guys will really get all the way wrapped up on him like super often and he sheds that whole tackle and then you know another two or three more he does do it from time to time i just think that consistently he could benefit from that from increasing you know his size he is on the lighter side at 175 so would want him to put on more weight and i think that you know lifting weights putting on more weight and just getting stronger is going to increase his tackle breaking here kind of bouncing back and forth obviously between strengths and weaknesses because they are just polarized a little bit here as far as what he is good at but you know the things that he's great at, like I said, changing direction of field, agility. He's got some hem-hem moves that just really take defenders out of their shoes. Defenders will look lost. And, you know, he's also incredibly balanced. He can get, like, kind of, like, slung around a little bit. And I think that he's going to remain standing straight up. Coach V and I see pretty eye-to-eye -eye on that, considering that I have an 8.7 there and Coach V has an 8.8. So, you know, I think that overall... He does a lot of things great. Uh, footwork, 8.3. And, you know, the receiving of 7.9, I'll say that's not from a lack of ability perspective, per se. Uh, I think that, obviously, you know, he lines up in the slot. And he's even listed at a slot back at times. And he makes some really good catches. He makes a good sideline catch. He makes some good boundary catches. But the volume just isn't super high. So it's hard to, you know, completely buy in to, to that you know, when he only has 38 career receptions, right? So I think that the boom kind of potential is definitely there for Jaden Thomas as a receiver, but just not a very fleshed out route tree, not a ton of volume, not a ton of targets, et cetera, et cetera, on that front. But the potential is definitely there. That's why it's still rated out of 7.9. So, you know, he's, he gets into gear quickly. His burst is amongst the best in the state. And, you know, he could turn up off his foot. And I feel like, you know, anytime he's stumbling, it's probably more of a footwork thing. That's why it's reflected in the 8.3 as opposed to the balance slash body control where his stumble recovery is really good. Now, he's a great athlete uh, who otherwise shows a good center of gravity when he does evade. But, you know, he makes his living with his speed and agility and fluidity as an athlete here. Like I said, overall grade of 85.2. And then when you average that out, with Coach V, that brings him to an 85.5, just .05 ahead of Diego Kearns here. And, you know, this is an athlete who I even gave Playmaker of the Week. This was in Week 3, where against a 5A squad in Fort Collins High School, against a 5A squad in Fort Collins here, Jaden Thomas went nuclear, running for 371 yards Jesus, running for almost 400 yards and also rushing for all four of Windsor's touchdowns in an upset. Well, I mean, it's a 4A beating a 5A school. So, you know, that's, well, should be a big deal and whatnot. So, and I think that Jaden Thomas, obviously, he's the reason they won. He scored every single one of their touchdowns, team effort. But I mean, he really was doing the most and he's a threat to really do that at any time. He's the threats that really average 14 yards per carry. He, on the season, averaged, he was a seven yard per carry kind of guy. And, you know, the, the only time that he got faced with a real challenge was against, you know, the 4A state champs 
and Loveland where he just really couldn't get too much going. But other than that, showed that he could play against a lot of different talent and, you know, turn up. Coach V, he turned up against, you know, 5A, 3A, 4A, against multiple classifications. He's got the recorded speed. He has, you know, the track record, you know, um, as far as uh, proving that speed. And, you know, he's he's pretty powerful as well. Good good uh, academic here at 3-9. What's the story on his recruitment? Well, real quick, before I talk about his recruitment, I do want to talk about his strength just a little bit more here. He does bounce off tackles really well. But if you look at his Twitter, you know, and assuming this is true, his bench press at 225, that's basically what they bench at the combine at the nfl combine he had 15 reps on that which is really good for someone that's like 5 8 175 pounds uh he is he god he's moving weight a lot more a lot better than some dudes that are uh, bigger than him just to name off a few uh he if he was going into this next or last year's nfl draft he definitely benched more than Justin Ross, the 6'3", 200-pound receiver out of Clemson. More than Traylon Burks, the first-round pick out of Arkansas, who's another bigger, like, 6'2", 220-pound guy. Um, more than Kennedy Brooks, the running back from Oklahoma, your guy, Cody. Uh, he benched more than him. And then he benched just one less rep more than Greg Dulcich, the tight end for the, the, tight end for the Denver Broncos, who they took in the second round. You know, I mean, he's, and then just uh, three less than Trey McBride, uh, another Colorado guy from Fort Morgan, then went to CSU. And so I just want to put that in perspective. You know, that is really good, um, which uh, there's no reason to assume that's false, to be honest with you, because you kind of see it with how he's able to uh, bounce off tackles and whatnot. And so the strength is definitely there. If you want to worry about all that stuff now, not that bench, you know, measures that, but that's a pretty good indicator, right? Cody. Yes. Okay. I wanted to give you a chance to react to that before I talked about his, uh, no, it's know, looks, it's definitely impressive. You didn't have to throw you under the bus like that, but anyways, well, no, uh, it's fine. <laughs> but you know that I think that is, something to definitely consider. And I think that it's just from, from a scouting and recruiting standpoint, the potential to bring that to the football field is literally right there. It's in front of you. Right. So I think that you have to love that even something that he's quote, not as good at, he can close that gap. He's willing to close that gap. He puts in the work to close that gap. And it's a gap that is more than likely going to be closed over the course of his development at your D1 facilities. If he goes D1. If he goes D1. Which well, is... Well, at your facility... At your collegiate facilities here. He's definitely a next level running back, period. Oh, yeah. No, he's a next level guy, in my opinion. He's a... Uh... Yeah, he's a borderline D1, D2 guy, and that's mostly because of his size, to be honest with you. But talent-wise, I think he can play on the D1 level. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Now, looking at his Twitter, where, you know, offers usually are and whatnot, uh, it looks like, honestly, right now, he only has one uh, offer. And it's a PWO, a D1 PWO to New Mexico State University. And that was back in November of uh, last year. So, 
Yeah, I mean, I couldn't find anything else. Uh, could you, Cody? I tried to look, and I couldn't find anything else other than that PWO either. Which, you know, it's it's disappointing because, honestly, if New Mexico is offering him a PWO, then I feel like some FCS schools could, uh, you know, offer him a little bit more. You know, I'd love to see a UNC maybe try to steal someone here, or any of the D2s try to steal someone here. But honestly, this is a kid that has the talent to play on the next level. I don't doubt that. Now, when it comes to opportunity, he might need to make his own opportunities. Uh, that's just what it is. You know, you're going to have to make your own opportunities. You're going to have to earn the money that these schools will be giving you uh, as well, which I don't. I'm not like really concerned about because to me, he's a next level guy and he could play easily on the next level and, you know, rip off some big gains and do his thing and really be a great athlete. And uh, like you said, really good GPA. So a good influence on the locker room as well. Right, Cody? No, absolutely. I think that, you know, there's some schools that are starting to look around the state and whatnot. And, you know, some of them have some talent in their own backyard and hopefully they, they come to realize that. But honestly, I think that Jaden Thomas, you know, if he has the right offer to a D2, go go tear it up there. If he even gets looked at by, you know, some JUCOs, I think that he's somebody who can get there, get big, turn up, and, and level up, honestly. You know, obviously at 5'8", there's only so much you can do. I mean, you can't make him grow any taller, but, you know, you can do something about the frame at that 175. You can get that durability. There is the potential for the strength. He has that game-changing speed. And he's somebody who I think is versatile as well in the sense that, I mean, he's a great athlete and with this great speed and with his, you know, experience as, you know, a slot kind of guy, he's somebody that can help you out in multiple ways on offense. And that makes him more recruitable. You know, he's somebody who I think, could be a return specialist kind of guy, just athletically speaking and speed speaking. So I think that if you're looking at Jaden Thomas from just being a prospect, he's got the speed to definitely warrant looks and interest. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, he has the honestly, he has the talent too, not just the speed, obviously, but uh, I think he will be hopefully will be just fine and whatnot and be able to find a good opportunity just like, like i said you might have to earn it again you know which sucks but it is what it is uh i just think i mean i'm not i'm just not super concerned about it this is definitely a guy that's kind of going under the radar here but he could play on the next level and here's the thing you know 5-8 is 5-8 it is what it is but there's plenty of backs in the league and on the next level uh, who are smaller guys that do a good job. Boston Scott out of uh, Philly. Well, he plays for the Eagles, not out of Philly, but he plays for the Eagles who are, you know, going to be in the conference championship here soon here. Uh, he is the backup guy, but he does give them really good reps and he can play on the NFL level. He is like maybe five, six, you know, and that feels like a stretch in some in some ways as well. And then Deuce Vaughn, uh, just an example on the college level, he plays for Kansas State. He is legitimately 5'6", you know, and he does his thing as well because he has good speed, good vision, all that great stuff. And he's somebody that's probably going to get drafted. He should get drafted uh, in this upcoming uh, draft here. 
And, you know, we'll see how much he benches at the combine. That would be interesting to see. But, you know, just because you're a smaller back doesn't mean you can't play on the next level. And I think a lot of college coaches, you know, you could overlook it and just look at the film. And, you know, if it impresses you, it's at least worth a look, I would say. So, yeah. Almost 2,000, almost 2,000 yards of return yards between kick and punt. So we're ta- we are talking about another big-time special team contributor here, too. And like I said about Diego, if you're somebody who can help the offense win that facet of the game, and you're somebody who can help the special teams win that facet of the game, look, if you win two out of three of the phases of the game, that goes a long way to winning football games, etc., etc. So, you know, I think that that is also important to to consider. And yeah, I got to agree with you wholeheartedly. You, look, at, at tailback, if you could ball, uh, well, at any position, if you could ball, you could ball. And, you know... His, his durability hasn't proven to be a concern yet. He has the strength upside. And the things that he does, he does extremely well. So I think that, you know, he's definitely somebody who, who warrants a, a closer look than, than what he's getting, for sure. Yeah, so we'll see. I mean, you know, there are a lot of offers going around now. And uh, we are reco- recording this January 23rd, by the way. So just a bit before signing day. But we'll see what happens. Uh, but obviously wishing all the best to him. He's an excellent athlete. Real fun to watch. And uh, we didn't say this at the beginning of the episode. But, you know, if you do make our top five, we'd love to have you on the show. That's an automatic invitation if you make this top five. So, yeah. Just Man, we'll that remember there. to say that one of these times at the beginning. We did last episode, but it is what <laughs> it is. So with that being said, though, let's go ahead and move on here to our number three running back here in Colorado in the class of 2023. And that is Lutheran's Ryan Kenny here. This the 510-193 pound back, by the way. Uh, the biggest back on this list so far. But this running back was absolutely electric. Lutheran is one of the few uh, teams in the entire state that runs a modern offense, as in they run the spread. And, you know, a lot of that is in credit to the coaching staff, um, who I believe is from Texas. Shout out Coach Robbins and all that great stuff. And so he really put Ryan here in a lot of great situations. And so uh, he was one of the few backs that did not have to face a stacked box, even though he was an elite back, at least not consistently. Uh, so there you go. But let me just go down the line, talk about grades here. Gave him a 9 for vision, 9.2 for footwork, 8 for receiving, 8.1 for power explosiveness, uh, agility, change of direction, 8.8, speed, 8.7, balance body control, 8.5, frame strength, 8.2, tackle breaking, 8.4, acceleration, 8.44, an overall grade of 85.3. I think he is firmly a three-star type of guy, then that's just my opinion, honestly. But uh, let's go ahead and talk about the highest grades here. Gave him a 9 for vision and 9.2 for footwork here. Those are the only grades that are in that 9 range for me. Uh, Look, I got to see him play live uh, a number of times. Got to see him his junior year. Got to see him his senior year. His senior year, I watched him first against, I want to say it was Pueblo East. Uh, which he went absolutely ballistic. The game was over at halftime, almost solely because of Ryan Kenny here. So just keep that in mind. He was just ripping off big plays. You know, he was just seeing um, the holes really 
like very well and picking the right lanes and whatnot and just I mean he was unstoppable in that game and then I also got to see him against Roosevelt in the state championship where you know he did his thing I mean they were definitely focusing on stopping him you know despite there being so many playmakers for Luther and the CCO brothers the receivers the quarterback I mean there were a lot of guys to account for, but they really wanted to at least stop Ryan, and they were definitely scheming to stop him, and honestly, you know, I think this is definitely a back of that. Uh, a lot of teams kind of failed to do that against, you know, they failed to scheme against them because they're focused on the spread and, you know, all these different receivers and one-on-one and the quarterback and the tight end who's a very good in Jaden Williams and all that stuff. Like, there are a lot to focus on. And, you know, in all of that chaos, Ryan Kenny would also add on top of that just being just a very good back who saw the field well, who found his lanes extremely well, who is super patient. I think that's something thing I kind of saw a lot and then honestly when it came down to the footwork and the agility this was a dude that was really elusive really hard to tackle you know he could stop on a dime and then go ahead and get into his top end speed uh, really fast and you know he just gave a lot of teams a lot of trouble and you know when you're spreading out defenses you know you find yourself in a lot of one-on-one situations uh tackling wise and for Ryan here I mean he made the most out of those situations consistently getting first downs knowing the situation you know it wasn't all about the big plays it was about getting the first down being situation situationally aware uh making third and second and longs uh first and longs even well you know first and tens and two more manageable uh, down situations, uh, second and short, third and shorts, you know, and a lot of that wasn't thanks to Ryan Kenny. In my opinion, he really was the engine for this Lutheran offense that went to state on the 3A level, and 3A is extremely competitive. So there you go there. Now, talking about some areas of improvements here, uh, receiving, I only gave him an 8 there uh, personally, and then power explosiveness gave him an 8.1. Uh, first off, let me talk about power and explosiveness. He is a bigger back here, but, you know, still 5'10", 190-ish, you know, it, it, it was alright. You know, he could definitely play on the next level, and I don't think strength will be that big of an issue, but it won't exactly be his biggest, like, you know, one of his biggest strengths. Uh, <laughs> uh, just throwing that out there. I think this is a kid that could definitely run with a little bit of a lower pad level, you know, run a little bit more aggressive and whatnot. I think he does dance a bit and it's good because, you know, he does a good job and, you know, he could really get you on some skates, uh, looking like you're on ice and whatnot, but I'd love for him to run through more guys. That's just me. Um, and be a little bit more successful at doing that. And so would love to see him get bigger if he could get into that 200 to 210 pound range. I think 210 even might be a better goal for him. I think it could really be an issue on the next level. And then talking about receiving, I mean, look, it is a spread. There were times where he was given the ball and he was running routes and stuff, but... You know, when you're on an offense with the two CCO brothers who are super talented receivers, Sorensen, 
who was your slot receiver, I want to say, slash backup Wildcat quarterback. Uh, he's a really good receiver. And then you have Jaden Williams, a big old 6'3", 6'4", 200-plus pound tight end. It's kind of hard to get touches. And I kind of feel like, you know, with that many pass catchers, receiving is just kind of hard to come by. You know, and you kind of see that in a lot of Texas backs, in my opinion. You know, not a lot of them exactly get to showcase their receiving ability because you got a lot of great playmakers around you who are just going to get more opportunities to catch the ball. And so I feel like your senior year especially, you didn't really get a whole ton of opportunities to catch the ball. And even looking at his past years, his junior year, his sophomore year, whatever, you know, he was splitting carries. And so they're weren't a ton of opportunities as is there but you know with Ryan Kenny I think this is a kid that's a very well-rounded back you know uh I don't think he is as explosive as uh, much of a home run hitter as a Jaden Thomas or Diego Kearns but I think he's just a little bit better in between the tackles and as a whole uh, I think he is a very well-rounded running back that could start and be a good rotation guy for another uh, for a lot of teams on the next level but, Cody, what do you think about that, and what is your evaluation of Ryan Kenny out of Lutheran? Well, I I watch, his, I watch his film, and I am very sad that I did not make it to a Lutheran game this season. Following, you know, your recaps, your recounts, your videos of his highlights that you got to witness. And in addition to that, you know, his highlights, obviously. And I do have to agree with some things right off the bat here. Looking at the top of my grades and the top of your grades, you have nine pluses in vision and footwork. And that is something that I have going for me as well. I have his vision at a 9.2. I have his footwork at a 9.1. He maneuvers the defense very, very well. And I also think that he utilizes the field to his advantage. I think that he works his blockers back into plays very, very well inside that box for cutback lanes and whatnot. And he just sees, he sees the inside of the field as a weapon, which really makes him dangerous. I'd say more than most of the other, I mean, he has, he's tied for the highest vision grade for me. And I think that that is because he just really does know how to use the middle of the field to his advantage, as well as including teammates to block in ways that, you know, maybe they weren't intending to block or using opposing defenders to get into the way of each other and stuff like that. Just the way that he's able to utilize his vision downfield is really impressive. And then his adaptability when blitzes do make it into the backfield, having that vision to adjust on a dime like that is very, very impressive. And so I am just very blown away by his vision in that sense. And then the footwork to carry it out. He is, you know, a little, a little shaky here. He can make very quick, sudden cuts here. And I will say, you know, while that does reflect a little bit in agility slash change of direction, I think that, you know, his footwork does heavily aid in that. He's very sound. Anytime he chops up to, to make a move, it's very fast. It's seamless. It's smooth, I would say. So, you know, I think that footwork, he's just very fundamentally sound. He's very square. He's very balanced in that sense. And yeah, I just think that he does that very, very well. You know, his agility slash change of direction, I have an 8.5. He does cut across the field. There are times where it, do, it does feel like, you know, a car turning instead of like a motorcycle turning, if that makes sense, as far as how quickly it happens or how much of on a dime it is. There's a few times where that happens, but I still think overall it's, it's a strong ability of his and it's an asset here 
The only thing that I think we, we viewed a little bit differently is his power slash explosiveness that I had graded at a 9.2. I will agree with you that he can run at a lower pad level. I agree with that wholeheartedly, and that is the difference between some of these plays that aren't quite touchdowns and some of the plays that probably should be touchdowns, if that makes sense here. But I think regardless, I think that his burst is just very, very impressive. I think that, you know, that explosive step that he has, I think that his legs are very, very powerful, and he's able to chug right on through a lot of, you know, scrums, if you would, a lot of piles. He's able to push piles, and I think that that really comes from his power and his explosiveness and just being able to get those extra yards to be able to fall for it. I think that just comes from the pistons that are running beneath there. But, you know, as far as things that you didn't have graded as high, you didn't have his receiving graded as high, and that is one of my lowest, if not my lowest grade, actually, at a 7.4. Just not really seeing him, you know... I mean, he does run solid running back routes, if that makes sense, but we're not seeing anything beyond that. So that's why I think, you know, 7.4, it's like they, he does what he asked and he does what he's asked well, but there's not really another step past that. There's not, you know, those those slot routes really uh, that I could see, at least in the volume of some of the guys past and then definitely some of the guys heading forward on this list. So, you know, he does have that kind of going against him. And, you know, I, I like to read into that quite a bit here and then the only other thing that i have graded a little bit on the lower side here once again ping-ponging between my green and my red highlights here is his speed i do think that he's fast but i think that he is his living is more in how quickly he can get up to speed you know i feel like when he does turn on the jets i mean the pueblo east game is such a great example of the one that you went to where he can turn on the jets he, he does get up that field but, you know, I think that sometimes I'm watching his film or I'm watching compared to like Jaden Thomas and Diego Kearns, you know, but I mean, look, comparison is what happens here. Even, you know, those nationally rated guys, I look at how far away the safeties are playing and, and those safeties are put there, you know, by that D coordinator against the likes of Diego and Jaden, you know, at like 25 yards sometimes because it's like, hey. Our last line of defense needs as much time to get the right angle to catch these guys. And I just don't think that Ryan Kenny has that same sort of fear instilled. And, you know, I think part of that does come from the spread where the safeties are being asked to do more in the past game. So they can't focus as much as like Jaden Thomas or going against Diego Kearns where, you know, they're, they're so run heavy that obviously schematically it looks different. But, you know, I, I look to that a little bit. And just think that, you know, these safeties, they're checking maybe their passing key first. And Ryan benefits from that with his solid speed, but maybe not his great speed. But talking about things that he does well, look, I said his agility change of direction, 8.5. He definitely has some hem-hems thrown in there where he does lose defenders. He has snatched ankles before. So, you know, 8.5 graded very solidly there. Balance slash body control, I have graded at an 8.9. He does a good job of bouncing off of tackles, keeping plays alive. I mean, I think of that one play oh is it against kennedy maybe not positive on the opponent but somebody gets into the backfield and gets around his foot and spins him around and not only does through his powerful footwork through his strong legs does he get out of that but he spins you know up and his stumble recovery is basically immediately and i think that he does a good job of recovering those stumbles keeping plays alive 
And, you know, I think that that play right there where he gets right back to being square, right back to his leverage is a testament to, you know, agility, footwork, et cetera, et cetera. But that balance, that body control, that recovery there that he's able to pull off so quickly. And then he turns up field, of course, and, and gets a decent gain. I think it's even a first down run out of that. 5'10", 193 pounds. I like Simon's assessment here that he could get bigger and improve a lot of these power things here. And so, you know, I mean, I have his frame graded out of 8.4. I feel like that's fair. I think that he is strong. I think that he has a good frame. And yeah, I think that that's that. Tackle breaking. Now, obviously, he survives tackles through balance and body control, through jukes. But there are times where guys have him completely wrapped up and he still finds a way out of that. And then he goes to another guy and he finds his way out of that. He is a, you know, few tackle shedding threat on any given play. And so that's what I was kind of talking about with some of those other guys. Eh, maybe they can't consistently get out of two tackles on every play. Ryan Kenny is somebody who I can trust to do that on a fairly consistent basis. And I think that warrants the 8.6 here. And, you know, I talked about his acceleration. I'm like, hey, maybe he's not the fastest guy here, but he gets up to speed incredibly quick. He does change gears very fast. It's very visible when he does. And that I can respect to the tune of an 8.7, making for his overall grade being an 85.8. And when you average that out with Coach V at an 85.3 here, that makes for an 85.55 prospect here. Once again, just 0.05 ahead of the previous prospect for this number three spot. And unlike our, our number four guy, Ryan Kenny here is committed. Isn't that right, Coach V? Yes, he is committed to, and I'm going to, I tried practicing it before, but I think it's Augustina, right, Cody? Football? I'm going to rock with Augustina. Yeah. We're, we're in this together yeah, this we'll, time, so we'll we're go both going to be saying Augustina. We'll go with that Augustina football here. Uh, they are a D2, but I definitely, I mean, I had to look them up here, but they are trying to move to the D1 level, so we'll see if they do it. Um, during Ryan Kenny's tenor there or not. Uh, it'll be interesting, you know. They're, they're, it's not every day you see, uh, you know, some, uh, I guess, programs that are a little bit in transition, but I would consider them a high-level D2, which I feel like is a good fit for Ryan Kenny because, look, this is a kid that not only has all the athletic tools to play on the next level, but I think when it comes to being able to uh, retain a, a modern playbook, of a modern offense and know what to do and be able to run uh, a spread as a spread running back and whatnot is is big time. I think that's going to be really big for him because uh, I think this is a very smart football player as far as football IQ goes. Uh, and I, I kind of think that about a lot of Lutheran players, honestly, because they're very well coached. And I have a lot of respect for that coaching staff. In my opinion, they're probably a top five coaching staff in all of Colorado. Uh, and so I feel like they've done a really good job preparing him for this level. And, you know, I really think he's somebody that understands his role in that scheme. I mean, he's probably not going to be a workhorse guy, but he's going to be a really good complimentary back to add to, you know, a pass heavy or a pro style type of offense which is, you know, leaning more towards kind of that spread, you know, some Shanahan type of looks here. And so I really like this for Ryan Kenny here. Uh, well, in my opinion, I think he could play on the FCS level. I'm going to throw that out there. But 
joining a football program here in Augusta and whatnot. I think that's going to be huge. And, you know, if they do make the switch to D1, uh, he's going to be able to go against the D1 talent and really show what kind of player he is and that he belongs on this level and that that program belongs on this level. But you know, I think this is a kid that's going to be probably the most well-adjusted out of all these players on this list when it comes to playing on the next level. Cody, is that fair to say? Plus, what do you think about him and uh, his commitment here? Well, I think if you're Augustina and you're looking to make a move to D1, Ryan Kenny is the type of recruit that can probably help you make that push, uh, depending on, you know, on like how obviously you have the bureaucratic side, but, you know, it's also one of those things where it's like, well, can they handle it? And I think Ryan Kenny is somebody who, can prove that Augustina recruits good talent. I mean, look, we have him graded at an overall score of like an 85 here. So I think that he's worth, you know, that kind of attention and that that warrants that kind of look. And obviously, I hope that both for Augustina's sake and for Ryan's sake that they do move up to that Division One level. However, I do think that, you know, they, they either way, they get a good prospect regardless of what level they, they play on here in Ryan Kenny. I think that obviously, you know, I got to also take my turn and do my diligence and shout out that Lutheran coaching staff. That's one of the comp few competent coaching staffs in this state. And, you know, I mean, on the 3A level, it's it's spoiled, you know, as far as like the coaching talent and the schemes and the variety that they offer on that level. They're light years ahead of 5A. More on that to come this summer. But anyways... You know, I think that obviously playing in that scheme is going to benefit him. I think that, you know, he's somebody who even offers, you know, probably a little bit of a mental edge here and, you know, offers that kind of that, you know, football IQ leadership potentially on this football field with this experience with playing. I mean, there's a chance that he doesn't play on an offense quite like Lutheran's again. I mean, what was it, 10 seconds or less or something like that this year, 12 or 10 seconds or less? was kind of their motto. And to be able to run that on the high school level, I really, really like that heading into, you know, the next level of football. And it's like, okay, if you can, if you could do that on the high school level, then just think of everything that you can accomplish on the next level, right? So I think that you make an excellent, excellent point there. And I think that, you know, this is going to be a, a good, you know, it's going to be a good setup here for Ryan Kenny and a good setup for Augustina as well. And you got to love everything that this, I mean, look, this Lutheran program, it's a testament to how well coached they are because I mean, shoot, this is their fourth athlete on a top five list for us in the past two seasons, I want to say. So, you know, he's obviously, he's obviously has the goods as far as that guidance, as far as that leadership, he's a multiple playmaker of the week kind of guy here. And I think that he's going to contribute very nicely for, you know, this Augustina squad, regardless of division. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, talking about that offense again, they yes, they were a true 10 second offense because I would literally, I went to these games and I would literally film the play. And because I was at these games alone both times I went, I would film the play and then I'd have to take notes of what happened. And I would barely have time 
to, you know, pull up my camera app and film the next play because they're already lined up. And if I made a, you know, if I made some sort of spelling error, then I missed the play basically and they already snapped the ball. Uh, that's how fast this offense was going. And Ryan, I feel like uh, being one of the seniors for this team was a big part of why they were able to go so quickly because you got to remember their quarterback was basically a rookie this year. This was his first year starting, and so I'm going to give some... I'm obviously going to give a lot of credit to the coaching staff for getting Riken ready, but I'm also going to give a lot of credit to Ryan Kenny for getting his quarterback up to speed. And, you know, if things don't go well, you could always just hand it off to him as well and kind of being that safety blanket because I really do believe it was that safety blanket for a Lutheran team that legitimately like had maybe 10 seconds between each play and it wasn't to huddle up it was to get to the line or wherever it was you know and so uh yeah Jesus man those games are really hard they were fun but they were so difficult to like you know cover on my own but it got done and they did their thing and you know Ryan Kenny is part of a great group of uh, players, a great tradition of players that have made this list these last two years and probably will next year as well. There's some uh, very, you know, self-looking prospects going into next year, but enough about that. Uh, that's Ryan Kenny out of Lutheran. I don't really have too much to say. Like we said, I feel like he's going to be a well-adjusted back. He's going to fit whatever scheme they run up there, and he's a smart football player that's going to make the right plays and uh, um, definitely be able to contribute to a next-level rotation. So, yeah. But, uh, Cody, do you want to talk about the number two running back in the state, uh, unless you have anything else to add on to that? Uh, just to echo, obviously, best of luck to Ryan and, you know, this Lutheran program on the side note that has been one step closer to winning state each year. Obviously going to be tough to replace Kenny's contributions to making it that far, and that's testament to his his play style. But uh, looking forward to covering a little bit more Luhi this year. But our number two back, and, well, I'm going to just put this out there. My number one, my Cody Stoffers number one running back in this class, in the class of 2023, but PMC's number two back here is Marcellus Honeycutt Jr., the G-dub phenom here. Let's just talk about all the goods because, boy, he has some really high grades from me here. Multiple four-star stuff. And look, five-star, he has borderline five-star speed, five-star acceleration, I'd say solid four-star receiving for a tailback, four-star footwork, vision, and agility slash change of direction. And so let's match up the numbers to those things. Look, his speed, I have graded at a 9.6 here. And, and for his acceleration, I have that graded at a 9.7. Not only does he have absolute burners, but he could get up to speed real fast he can flip a switch and he is into hyperdrive and he did it against so many different kinds of teams this year you know 3a teams he did it against a 5a team you know in far northeast and i think that you know Celis here is just such a spectacular talent and i will say you know let's go through these grades real quick here before i have a ramble but you know vision 9.2 footwork 9.3 receiving 9.4 as stated before, 9.6 speed, 9.7 acceleration, agility slash change of direction, 9.2, power slash explosiveness, 8.3, B 
balance slash body control, 9. Frame slash strength, 7.7. Tackle breaking, 6.6. But where does, you know, what, what does the live performance look like of Marcellus Honeycutt Jr.? What does it mean? And what did that mean to my evaluation? Well, for those who weren't paying attention during the season, you got to go back and find this episode. This was a week 10 recap, I want to say. Maybe week 11. Because I know 3A schedule is a little bit off from the rest of... No, it must have been week 10, I guess. I don't know. But regardless, it was the it was for league. This game between George Washington and Frederick. And when you need someone to step up and take over a game, it was Marcellus Honeycutt Jr. on this frozen, blizzarding night. I literally had inches of snow on me from watching this game. And, you know, in the snow, it was slick. There were players sliding around. It was a, you know, huge battle in the trenches to to establish leverage, to get that ground, to try and gain ground was really, really hard. It was just an incredibly difficult terrain to navigate. But Marcellus Honeycutt Jr. shined brightest on this glowing field here with his footwork, being able to show that he is capable of lifting those feet up driving those feet and playing at that, you know, there's a reason that you do tire drills, right? You don't want to drag your feet across the turf. You want to get them up. It helps you, you know, plant for that next step to explode. It helps you get more power. It, you know, puts you in a better position to potentially hop or hurdle over things, you know, like defenders that are on the ground and stuff like that. It allows you to get better leverage. There's so many reasons why you do these footwork drills. And Marcella showed that he's like that in this game that had like a foot of snow on parts of the field where he was driving his feet very, very well. He was still able to juke and spin and cut like he was playing on. It it looked honestly like so casual to him that you wouldn't have thought that there was snow on the ground if you weren't literally seeing how much snow there was on the ground. Just from a movement standpoint, if this is in a simulation, you wouldn't think it. And in that game, with his speed, with his acceler- with that burst that he has, that explosive burst, that acceleration, that speed, he split the safeties twice on like 60-plus yard runs. He completely took over this game. It was one of the most absurd performances I've ever seen, both, you know, running the football and also returning the football. He was able to score and was just an absolute monster on the field, outrunning this entire Frederick team with the snow falling like crazy he is one of the better athletic talents to come out of you know this this Colorado kind of looks he's he was recruited as an athlete and we'll talk about that a little bit more here in a second but I mean look just the way he was able to navigate that field his agility did not really experience a divot here in 9.2 and vision wise he knew what he could make and what those other guys could make and I think that that intelligence plays to his vision very very well And he's somebody who just knows like, hey, I can beat somebody to this part of the field. Or, hey, I can beat somebody to this part of the field if I take this way to get there. And I think that, you know, this G-Dub line obviously did a good job throughout the season opening up lanes for Marcellus. And I think that he did a good job of, you know, working to try and navigate the field quite a bit and utilize the middle as a weapon and utilize the field as a weapon against opposing defenses and really just make defenses sweat anytime he touched the football. And that was very evident here. Now, sliding away from that game and talking about his more overarching film or some things that weren't, I didn't get to see his receiving prowess in that game. But this is somebody who I think, you know, between being 6'1", 
175 pounds with his speed, with his acceleration, and with what he was able to put on film with route variety. You know, he's running whip routes. He's running slant routes. He's running speed outs. He's running true outs. He's running post routes. He's running slant. Like, he has a route tree to him. And I think that athletically speaking, he's somebody who could even potentially play wide receiver on the collegiate level. I really think that. And so that's what makes him my highest graded receiving threat in this backfield group at a 9.4. And so, you know, when you get into the nines of receiving, that thing, that means to me, at least, I truly think that you could be a receiver on the college level and maybe even on the D1 level. And so I think that that rings true to Marcellus. I think that You know, he can high point the football, he catches with his hands, he adjusts to the ball, he runs a huge variety of routes, you know, especially from like the tailback perspective. Obviously, if I whipped out the wide receiver rubric, he probably wouldn't be graded out of 94. That's not what that means. But, you know, it it does mean that, you know, maybe he's probably as a wide receiver in the mid 70s to the mid 80s, potentially with how high of a grade this is receiving as a tailback and the capabilities and versatility that he has. And we talked about this, and we're going to continue to talk about this. Versatility is how you're going to get on the field as a tailback. It's how you're going to prove your worth. It's how you're going to stay on the field. It's how you're going to play football, right? And Marcellus Honeycutt Jr. checks those boxes, at least as an athlete and a receiver, as a running back, as a cornerback, etc., etc. He's a very versatile athlete. Now, balance slash body control, I think that that played a huge role in, obviously, that snow game, being able to stay on his feet, being able to play leverage, and being able to be in control on an uncont- in an uncontrolled climate, that is. But moving away from that, I do think that there's people who bounce off of him or he bounces off of them, and he's able to stay upright. I think he understands his leverage really well. I think that that allows him to make a lot of the cuts that he makes. I think that allows him to you know, avoid some of the tackles that should probably get him because he's not a tackle breaker. He's not a very strong running back. And I'll talk about that in his weaknesses. But I think balance-wise, he's a very balanced guy. He's very coordinated. And, you know, it's it's a ground-up kind of thing a lot of the time. Footwork-wise, he's very sound. And leverage-wise, he's sound. So I think that his balance-body control is going to be good. Now, as far as areas of improvement, and I think that Coach V is going to, for the most part, echo me in the majority of this. I think that power-slash-explosiveness-wise, he could use some work. I think that frame-wise and strength-wise, he could use work. And tackle-breaking is the lowest out of any of the top five guys and maybe out of any of the guys that we watched on this list. Look, he's just an average tackle shedder. That's all that there is to it. He's a 6.6. Frame-wise, you know, he's 6'1". That's cool, but he's definitely on the scrawnier side out of 174 pounds. And this did pose, you know, ankle issues throughout the year and maybe even on the biggest stage of the year, too. This is something to consider when looking at frame is also durability. And so he definitely needs to fill out his frame quite a bit if he wishes to continue to play running back or if he's going to continue to play running back for, you know, on that FCS level that he's committed to. Like I said, more on that later. But, you know, I think that he definitely has to address these things. I think that power-wise, he's not somebody, because of his frame and because of his strength, he's not carrying guys past the sticks. He's not carrying guys past the pylon he's not somebody who is moving a pile he's not somebody that's mushing a pile i think that explosiveness wise he really can get a burst into that acceleration but i just don't think he's very powerful and i think it has honestly quite a bit to do with his frame and his strength and uh in turn that's going to be impacting his tackle breaking he's just not a tackle breaker he's not a lower your shoulder kind of guy and i think that it really is because he is a bit on the scrawnier side but all in all, my my overall synopsis talking 
Marcellus, or should I say Celis Honeycutt, is, you know, he's a phenomenal athlete with home run speed, threat to score anytime he touches the football. I saw absurd vision, footwork, and body control with my own eyes in a blizzard where it's the hardest to execute the moves he was executing. But, you know, that skinnier, that lighter frame does raise some durability questions. You know, are his ankles going to hold up? He's not a huge tackle breaker. But, uh, you know, he, he does overall a really good job of, you know, proving capable in, you know, deep snow with that footwork. He can raise those feet. He has some hurdles that allude to a little bit of the same thing as well as that agility, you know, on his film. And, uh, you know, I think that sometimes he's a little slow to make decisions, but, you know, I think that if he feel, if he felt more confident in his frame, that would not be as big of a deal here. Coach V, we have some similarities. We have some differences. Go ahead and let him know what you think about Celis Honeycutt here out of George, George Washington. I couldn't decide whether to say G-Dub or George Washington but I didn't think that I said George Washington yet. So that's where he plays on to coach V. That's okay. Uh, yeah. Well, first things first, that snow game is probably one of the most legendary moments in Colorado high school football history to win league. And, you know, to help turn around this G dub program as well, because this wasn't the greatest program, uh, before Marcellus Sonica Jr. and guys like Silas Evans, Jerry Vaughn came in. I mean, they those guys really turned around this program along with the coaching staff, obviously. But they were a part of that, and so I want to give them that credit there. But that snow game was huge. Um, that's Colorado football. You know, that's Colorado football. That's something that running backs here can do. Um, better compared than running backs across the nation. Obviously, you'll have backs that play, you know, in the snow and whatnot, but are they also going to play in the wind and the rain and all the craziness of weather? The answer is maybe, you know, especially in the fall. And so for Marcellus Honeycutt to go off in that game, and I look at a lot of those plays and I'm like, man, he is still hitting that 4 4 4 5 speed in the snow, and that is extremely hard to do for listeners who have never played in the snow or tried to run in the snow that's tough as is to get a good grip and just be flying um you know and so that's just a lot of credit to him that's truly a great moment that will go down in history that will remember that i'm super glad that we were able to document and be there for it. so there you go but uh, for me he is my my second rated running back in this class of 2023 Cody's first but you know average does some things and so let me go ahead and talk about my grades here and then talk about my overall grade as well but gave him an 8.7 for vision 9.1 for footwork 8.7 for receiving 7 for power explosiveness 9.3 for agility and change of direction 9.4 for speed speed 8.1 for both balance and frame slash strength then 8.2 for tackle breaking then 9.5 for acceleration for an overall grade of 86.1 here for marcellus honeycutt jr the 6'1 174 pound athlete uh look speed is undeniable you know, I, I definitely agree with Cody. I'm not going to go too much into it. 9.4, or sorry, 9.5 for acceleration, 9.4 for speed, 9.3 for agility. It's legitimate. This is a kid that will burn you if given a crease. And so you really can't mess up at all, or he's just going to house it. 
You know, he has extremely special speed, especially at this frame at 6'1", 174, which, you know, I am going to throw out there is a little bit wiry, but he is 6'1", and, you know, that's a good frame that he could definitely grow into and become a truly dangerous running back on the next level. And so, there you go. Um, I think he is the fastest kid in this class and um, probably one of the most agile kids in this class. So, those are the things going for him. He's a speedster that could pretty much house anything if given the opportunity and the crease. Now, things that I have him rated a little bit lower at, I gave him a 7 for power explosiveness, then an 8.1 for both balance, body control, and frame and strength. Uh, look, this isn't really a guy that I could see, and I didn't really see much of this anyways, just putting down his shoulder and running through anybody. Um, and that includes corners, secondary guys. Like, I really just can't see him running through a corner like that. Uh, he just really has a wiry frame to me. And I think he could really put on a lot of weight. If he could get to the to 200, pound, uh, 200 pounds in that range, I think that would go a very long way in making him a little bit more of a complete running back here. Uh, just being a little bit more heavier while still being fast and being able to do all that stuff. You know, and I think you're going to have to sacrifice some of that because, you know, honestly, I just watch him play and I'm like, ah, you know, he's fast. He's to me, it looks like he's, you know, always trying to bounce outside, which isn't bad and whatnot, or find a crease uh, to rip off a big play rather than, you know, just run through a guy. And I think some of it might be confidence, but some of it might just be self-awareness as well. Just being like, hey, you know, am I really about to run through a Tucker Peterson? Because that's a viable matchup, I would say, on the 3A level. The answer is no, you're not going to be able to. And sure, there are a lot of guys that won't be. But if you're going to be a next level player, you have to be able to do that. That's just what you got to be able to do. You know, or at least be able to challenge him. And I don't know if that would be that much of a challenge. So I'd definitely love for him to see him put on weight here. And uh, just get more powerful. Get more physical. Get a little bit more vicious, you know, and whatnot. Because I didn't quite get that uh even though he is a burner for sure you know this is probably one of the fastest dudes in the entire state so boom there you go those are the things i'm definitely the most concerned about but you know this is a kid that you know has elite speed it's gonna translate well to the next level he's a kid who could play running back you could also put him at receiver and i think he'd do a pretty good job and whatnot as well, which is not a bad thing at all, and that's why he got recruited pretty early, and he was able to commit pretty early. Isn't that right, Cody? Yeah, he has been committed for quite some time here, you know, to Eastern Washington, which is a great program. I mean, really, you got to be excited for the everything that's on the horizon for Marcellus Honeycutt Jr., and I just also want to say that I agree with everything that you know, you had to say he's definitely not a lower your shoulder kind of guy. Wiry is a good way to describe his frame. But I mean, you know, Eastern Washington, I think they're a program that really maximizes their talent quite a bit. And I think that Celis is a fantastic pickup for for this program and somebody that I think could really make some noise. You know, I think, like you said, with most guys, we're going to see red shirts. But I think that with Celis especially, he's somebody who might benefit the most from a red shirt to, you know, just get healthy, get right, get with the trainers. And, you know, this is something that we've heard from guys on interviews before. 
talk to your strength and conditioning coach, that's probably the one that you're going to spend the most amount of time with. And so I think that Celis should utilize those facilities the absolute most. I think that, you know, if he can fill out his frame, just, I mean, it doesn't have to be a lot. Like, his speed is so absurdly high. I think, you know, you get to 190 pounds, 195. I think that he's still probably just as fast. And so, you know, I think that that's obviously a lot to ask for if you were trying to play him right now. But over the course of an entire year, I do think that 190 is a pretty viable goal to have. And I think that even 195 would put him in a really good spot to potentially start seeing time that next year. Although, you know, with what he's able to do on special teams, that obviously always opens up doors for guys to get on the field sooner than later. But, uh, you know, I think that it's a very interesting commitment. It's something that I'm not looking forward to facing as an alumni of UNC and whatnot. But, uh, you know, it is something that I'm very excited for him to watch him embark on. But I definitely think that the mission for him is very obvious for, for what he's got to do when he gets there. Yeah, no, for sure. That's assuming he plays running back. Um, but, I mean, regardless, he's going to have to get bigger. But, obviously, I would say if he plays running back, he needs to put on that weight. Um, and I think it would go a long way, to be honest with you. I think he could really be a next-level guy. And Eastern Washington, honestly, is a team that uh, is actually kind of another transitional team. They are on the FCS level right now, but there have definitely been talks about them joining a Power 5 or Group of 5 conference uh, with the shuffling going on and whatnot. So, you know, just just keep an eye out. You know, that could definitely happen um, sometime in Marcellus's uh, tenor there. But we'll see what happens. Definitely excited for him. He's probably one of the best athletes. He is one of the best athletes in the entire state and then arguably one of the fastest guys in the entire state as well. And so... Uh, um, man, I'm, I'm excited to see him ball out on the next level, except for when, you know, it's against Northern Colorado. We'll see what happens there. But, you know, if you move up a conference, then uh, it won't be an issue. So, yeah, <laughs> that's the, that's really our only hope. Uh, <laughs> that's what, we get out that's our only hope. But, you know, this fool talking like Leia right now. What? But I said, you talking like Leia right now. That's our only hope. Yeah. <laughs> But it is what uh, it is. Us to the us to the NCAA, <laughs> help us NCAA move Eastern Washington up. But yeah, I'm looking at no, the but... Big Twelve and the Pac Twelve. Y'all better allow them in <laughs> and whatnot. That'd be great. Uh, so that would, yeah, that'd be great. But all jokes aside, very bright future for Cellus here, as well as you know the guys behind him and the one guy in front of him. And even the guys who didn't make the list, I'd I'd say that there's a bright future for these guys, right, Simon? We got some pretty talented honorable mentions uh, per usual with running backs, right? Yeah, and there always is. Look, Colorado is a run for a state, I would say, uh, which is partly why it's a flyover state. I'm not even going to lie. But you have a lot of great running backs because, you know, they're trained and they're coached and uh, they're, you know, put in great, I guess, uh, great schemes that favor the running game and running backs more. And so you're naturally going to have a ton of guys that aren't going to be considered because obviously we have our top five, right? But we also like seriously looked at, uh, and I mean seriously as in we not only looked at their highlight reel, but we looked at games they played in, took notes from games they played in, and, you know, did all that great stuff. But we seriously looked at, 
One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight? I would say eight-ish because there were some guys that we looked at their film and we knew that they weren't going to be a top five guy. And so even then that adds on another five probably. So there are really 13 guys that were seriously considered, I would say. Uh, outside of the top five we already had, so almost 20 guys considered for our top five list. And so that's just how it's going to be. But I'm just going to go down the line, talk about you know some of the players that we were able to evaluate, take a look at here that weren't quite able to make it, starting with um, Carlson Babatan out of Cherry Creek High School. He was that one-year starter Cody was talking about. He barely missed the list here, uh, but still highly rated. I mean, great athlete. Uh, bounces off tackles really well. Was actually my number one tackle breaker, I would say, uh, in this class. Then there's Jordan Neeson out of Pooter. Um, another great running back who had really good speed and agility and was a very versatile as well. Not only could play running back, but could definitely play receiver. Um, then you have Gator Robinson out of Palmer Ridge, uh, a great 4A running back. And then Sam Beers out of Air Academy, another legendary running back. Then there's Jamani Jackson out of Far Northeast. He might play DB as well, but he's another great running back with you know very good speed and athleticism, but extremely skilled as well. You know, very good pass catcher. So there you go. Then you have Mark Markane Taylor out of Columbine. That was someone that we looked at seriously. Um, there's Aiden Duda out of Rock Canyon, another run-heavy scheme that we looked at. Armani Patterson out of Rangeview, another run-heavy uh, scheme there. Uh, also looked at Zach Marrero, I would say, out of Strasburg. Uh, Sean Medlock out of Mead. Um, you know, Mead has a great tradition of running backs over there. And so just a ton of teams and players that we looked at uh, that we, you know, seriously considered. We had to crunch the numbers. We had to evaluate and whatnot, look at game notes and film and all that great stuff that uh, just barely missed the cut. And look, you know, this is a top five list. We can't include everyone. You got to draw the line somewhere, right? That's just what it is. Um, and, you know, it's you got to be kind of an exclusive to make this list. You have to be really the best of the best to make it because we nitpick, uh, especially at this position because we have to. You know, there's literally no other way we're going to be able to separate these guys if we don't nitpick. And so that's what we did for about 20 prospects that we seriously considered. That doesn't even include the other probably, I don't know, 20 to 30 prospects that uh, had very good seasons. But, you know, we felt like weren't going to be able to make this list. Isn't that right, Cody? Yeah, and I mean, just talking about... You know, the prospects that, that I took a look at, too, you know, obviously Bubba Tan is a he's a state championship MVP, you know, so you have very talented guys that just narrowly missed the list here. They're still getting offered, you know, Jordan Neeson, somebody who we looked at for two different top five lists, Gators, somebody who we saw in person tear it up, Sam Beers, one of the best players probably in Air Academy history. I, I don't know the history that deep, but he's got to be. And, uh, you know, Duda, who is one of the leading rushers on the 5A level. I mean, the, these are some serious names. These are some serious guys. Uh, Draymond e. Jackson just missed this list. Like I said, at the beginning of this episode, by 0 0.05 of a point. It's crazy. So, you know, but they're still getting looked at. They're still going to have an opportunity to play on the next level. And, uh, you know, just uh, 
You got to do the little, little things right because they add up. And yeah, it's a, it's a loaded position because of the fact that we run it too much. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I just got to agree with everything you said. And, you know, if, if you don't have anything else to add on to these honorable mentions, there is one guy who did stand above the rest. Isn't that right? Yes, and he has been doing that. So you could go ahead and introduce him, Cody. Let's go ahead and talk about Dakota Ridge's tailback here. Noah Triplett, the five foot nine, hundred and eighty-five pound all around back. Somebody who we assessed last year in a Twitch stream here, and somebody who grew in some areas, but Overall, it just remained a very consistent force for this Dakota Ridge squad and a staple, honestly, in Dakota Ridge history. Somebody who, you know, Coach V even had an opportunity to, to interview during his following his sophomore season. And so, you know, you look at his career numbers, and this is impacted by COVID, but it doesn't matter because if you can ball, you're going to be on our list. And Noah Triplett is a model of consistency. And so I'm just going to go ahead and run down the list here. Look, vision, 8.4. Footwork, 8.6. Receiving, 8.5. Power slash explosiveness, 8.6. Agility slash change of direction, 8.4. Speed, 9.2. Balance slash body control, 8.4. Frame slash strength, 8.7. More on that in a second here. Tackle breaking, 8.4. Acceleration, 9.4. Making for an overall of 80. 6.6 here now some of this may seem a little backwards some of this may seem out of order but allow me to elaborate here so obviously at the headline of this speed and acceleration we're just gonna kind of glance over that because we we been knew that he's doing that i think that the big surprise here is going to be on his frame slash strength and let me explain obviously five foot nine hundred eighty five pounds not the best but that would make him the, I think, the second heaviest guy on this list in this top five. So, you know, I think that not only does he stack up, he has bulked up. He has done a good job of putting on weight. And I truly believe this. You know, I, I know that he's not the tallest, but he is stout and he's jacked. And, you know, he, he posts his weightlifting videos and he definitely has next level strength, you know, in squats, in bench press, in all the major lifts, in power cleans. So he passes the eye test there. He passes the actual test there. But not only that, but for the amount of carries that this dude has received in, you know, his high school career, I don't think he ever missed a game where he was the starter, which is crazy because, I mean, he, you think of Dakota Ridge football these past few years, and you think of, at least on the offensive side of the ball, you've got to think of Noah Tripley. He is one of the most probably historic backs for this school here he's somebody who you know consistently performed no matter how much the odds were stacked against him i mean look since his sophomore year he's had almost 500 carries and he's had over 500 touches between carries between receptions and between you know returns as well so he is a very high usage guy who has withstood you know the test of time and you know never sat out a game from injury now, did he get banged up? I think that that is something that did happen, but not to the point of no return, not to the point of missing games, not to the point of really missing a lot of time. He's a tough, 
strong dude here. And I just wanted to, you know, really give that respect that I think, you know, maybe frame-wise, not the best, but, you know, he's very stout, he's jacked, he's muscly, he, he fills it out very well. And, you know, I think that strength-wise, he's one of the strongest dudes, you know, physically as far as what he's been able to withstand and the things that he's been able to push through and the things that, you know, also just driving piles and stuff like that, how well that goes for him. He's, it is an underrated aspect of him and just something that I slowly saw climb. I think that he also holds up very well in pass coverage. He also has pancakes. You know, I talked about Diego Kearns getting a pancake on a defensive end. Noah Triple has been able to do the same thing. He is somebody that people will definitely overlook and be like, oh, I'm just going to bull rush this dude. And then he'll get underneath you and he'll pop you. And you're going to realize real quick that he's not a pushover. If there's any word that is the opposite, the anti-Noah triplet here, it is pushover. Because he's just not. He is a brick of, of a dude. And he just is, you know breaks through defenses like bricks are thrown through windows right he's just that kind of player but talking about some of his other aspects here power slash explosiveness i know that it pretty consistently we evaluate this a little bit differently but i i stand by the way i evaluate this as far as he is somebody who can move a pile he will drive his legs he's very powerful in that sense he consistently falls forward it takes multiple guys for him to not win that kind of like pushing of the pile battle. He will, you know, 1v3 guys and still be moving them just because, you know, he is that powerful. He is that explosive in the legs. He does have pistons. And yeah, he's just very capable in that sense. Footwork-wise, I think that his footwork is very consistent. I think that he does a good job of being able to make cuts on a dime. I think that he maneuvers the field very, very well. And then, you know, receiving-wise, he makes some diving catches. He makes some sideline catches. He does, you know, actually gets a split out sometimes, even to that outside position and run goes on linebackers and wins in that sense. And I think that that's very important. He makes a variety of catches. Obviously, his, his bread, and butter, bread and butter is, you know, screen stuff. But, you know, I think that he, he makes the most of that with, you know, his vision here at an 8.4. And look, I want to say that he really has like a super glaring weakness here, but from here on out, everything is an 8.4. His vision's an 8.4. His agility's an 8.4. His body control's an 8.4. His tackle breaking's an 8.4. He can shed tackles consistently. He remains balanced. He can shrug off and stay afloat. He plays leverage very, very well. His balance is going to be very good there. His change of direction. He's got some really nasty jukes. He can cut it back across the field. I think it's really funny when he gets his uh, arm helicopter going and uh, you know that's like, oh snap, he's running fast and he's making a big move that's, uh, you know, fighting against that. But I mean, look, body control is body control. That could probably improve a little bit here so he arm helicopters a little bit less. And But I mean, look, even Vision, I was nitpicking out on a play where he literally scored a touchdown on, well, this was, I think, two different plays where he literally still scores a touchdown because of all of his other traits. I was like, eh, he probably could have gone this way and still scored a touchdown, and that's probably the first read that he should make. But, like I said, that's super nitpicky. He still navigates the field very well. This is evident in his returning prowess, I want to say as well. Something that you consistently see throughout these very speedy backs, at least. And, you know, he's somebody who is able to utilize 
down the field very well. And, you know, I think that's something that improved each year as he kind of went is trying to utilize that middle of the field a little bit better and a little bit better. And, you know, using his blockers in different ways to even block when they're not blocking a certain way and whatnot and just being very creative. I think that he's capable of doing that. And, you know, movement wise, I mean, he's just a very balanced back. And we talked about you got to be versatile to get on the field. You got to be versatile to play on the next level. And you got to be versatile to stick around. And Noah Triplett is probably the most top to bottom, consistently good to great back in basically all categories. And, you know, he even made some jumps from last year. You know, I had him graded at an 85 last year. He took some steps forward, took some steps back. I think his receiving took a step forward. They allowed him to play around a little bit more with that. You know, his tackle breaking, I think, took a tremendous step forward. He did run with a little bit more ferocity at times. And, uh, you know, just based off of, you know, that growth from last year to this year. And then, you know, some things he probably took a little bit of a step back on. But I think that's fine with how much he was asked to do this season where he actually carried the ball, you know, a few more times and, uh, you know, almost matched his production almost exactly, which is crazy to see what he did. But, you know, Coach V, I kind of talked about overall. I mean, he can probably put on more weight. He can, you know, work on his vision a little bit. He can get a little bit more agile and a little bit more body control as far as just like controlling what he does with his speed, especially with, you know, uh, maybe trying to reduce that arm helicopter a little bit because that does slow you down. But I mean, you know, I'm nitpicking a little bit here and I think that we had to for this career 3,600 yard 70 plus touchdown score. Jeez, that's insane. Look, this was a yeah, kid. Yeah, right? Wait, what? I said, yeah, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, those numbers are yeah, nuts. Yeah, it, it, it is insane. And look, this was a kid that we have known about for a couple years now because his sophomore year he was getting snaps, right? And uh, look, Dakota Ridge is also actually one of the few schools who have had players make a top five every year since we've been doing this, along with Cherry Creek, which is pretty elite i'm not gonna lie that's a reflection of how good of a program they are but i remember looking at you know the dakota ridge running backs uh i, I it was no triplet sophomore year during the covid uh pan well during the pandemic and we looked at charlie offerdahl we looked at spencer hardy <laughs> and we decided we were going to evaluate them on defense. <laughs> and they made our list still, though. Spencer at defensive line and Charlie at safety. But we did come across Noah Triplett, and I definitely remember saying this to Cody, or something like this to Cody, but I remember saying, man, once Triplett gets the keys to this offense, he is going to be electrifying. And he was. These last two years have not only lived up to the hype, but I feel like it has ex it's honestly exceeded expectations as well. We knew how special of a player he was back then. And, you know, back then he was a shorter uh, back still, but, you know, he had some serious speed. This was a kid that was lethal in space. Like, you could not tackle him. And over the years, I mean... I think probably one of his biggest criticism has been his size, but he's gotten stronger. And some of his lifting videos are absolutely insane. He outlifts everyone on this top five list and probably, honestly, all of our honorable mentions, all 20 of them as well. That's how strong he is uh, at his frame at 5'9"-ish, 185 pounds. 
You know, he is a very strong football player. Don't be fooled by his weight and whatnot. He, I mean, he's he he's a strong dude, and it reflects in his game as well. You mentioned how he's able to bounce off tackles and all of that great stuff, and I think that's something he has really added to his game these last couple of years, just that ability to, you know, be able to run up the middle more and bounce off more tackles and be able to shed more tackles and uh, be able to get those short yardage um, situations that teams ultimately get into, uh, that Dakota Ridge ultimately get into, and that's not when he's, you know, uh, tearing off a 50-plus yard touchdown or something insane like that. I mean, some of the highest scoring games that we have been able to cover were uh, Noah Tripoli games where he was just going off, where he was just going crazy, and it was just one of those games where, you know, you could play the right scheme and you could line up guys and shadow him, but... You know, just it just takes one little mistake and he's out of there, you know, and so that's how dangerous he's been all these years and uh, had the privilege of talking to a lot of his coaches, you know, his head coach, uh, shout out TFG, his coach is there as well, Um, shout out Matt Skills, running back Damon Vaz over there, this isn't an ad, but you know, he has also trained uh, two number one running backs in a row in his son Bryce Vaz and Noah Triplett this year as well, you know, and so I've talked to all of them and they say basically the same thing about Noah, about how hardworking he is, I can't talk, Jesus, how hardworking he is, how much of a glue guy he is, how much of a workhorse he is, how he's a gamer, he's a baller, you know, he's ne- he's going to outwork everyone in your locker room and it's not that you have bad workers it's just that no triplet is that level of a hard worker and that's something that you can't really measure in my opinion uh and you know uh, well not really i would say and uh you know some of that did translate into his game this year where even then he was pretty banged up i'm not going to disclose the injuries that he had but he was probably the most banged up this year and he still match the yardage he got last season where he was healthy and so that shows how much he has improved from his junior year to his senior year I would say at least but let me go ahead and talk about my grades for him uh, before I forget here vision gave him a nine footwork 9.5 receiving 8.5 like Cody said saw a little bit more of that this year power explosiveness 8.2 agility change of direction 9.1 speed 9.2 balance body control 9.2 great the best balance out of anybody on this list definitely uh, somebody that you know is really hard to tackle or runs with a good pad level frame strength 8.2 tackle breaking 8.6 acceleration 9.4 for my highest grade in our running back one and my rb1 here in this class at an 88.9 for me one of the highest rated prospects i've ever got to evaluate here at least in the state of colorado um, that's how good he is, and honestly, a lot of his grades, I'm just going to be real, we did evaluate before his junior year, so I did put a lot of those in to start, and then I made adjustments accordingly based on what I saw his senior year, and, uh, you know, talking to different coaches and all that great stuff, and so there you go, but Noah Triplett is truly somebody that is an all-around running back. You know, Cody talked about a lot of his strengths, and so I won't touch on 
too many of those. But look, this is a kid that's a very good in open space. He's also a kid that's very smart. You know, he sees the field extremely well and whatnot and works what he with what he has extremely well. I don't think he's going to ever do a little bit too much and reverse fields and whatnot. I mean, he's just going to be straightforward, you know, and he's going to make the right football play consistently. Uh, whether it's beating you with his speed or his agility or his strength sometimes, which is something that is definitely coming on here, uh, especially in the later season. So there you go there. Now, uh, his lowest grades are obviously his power explosiveness and frame and strength here. Uh, you could definitely get a bit stronger here, and I think he will be on this next level. Uh, I want to talk about frame and strength a little bit here. A lot of that is his height. And his weight here, I'm not as concerned about his weight, definitely a little bit more concerned about his height, because I have stood next to this kid and met him a couple of times, and so there are concerns, but he is pretty stout there, so, you know, but high in weight, that's something college coaches are obviously going to look at. Uh, but I think his strength really pulls up his grade here for him, as he does put up numbers as a lifter, and honestly pound for pound is one of the strongest dudes in the state in my opinion so there you go there but all together no triplet is probably the most well-rounded guy he's not just a speedster he's not just a guy in a run heavy system he's gonna catch the football you know he's gonna run with power he's gonna see the f uh, field really well and i feel like he has always done that it's only gotten better and he has a very smooth footwork I uh, gave it a 9.5. I think it's one of the best out there uh, in the entire country, to be honest with you. So there you go. Uh, that's Noah Triplett. He has committed as well here. Well, first things first, Cody, what do you think about all what I've had to say here? I mean, this is a kid that we've known about for years, and we've known that basically for years that he was going to be on this list. Yeah, honestly, when when it the averages shook out, there was not a surprise here. I mean, there's definitely sometimes a surprise where it's like, oh wow, you know this this person really put together a nice senior season to round out any concerns that we may have had in the past, and you know they surged from maybe our number three to our number one person over the course of the season or whatnot. You know, there's lots of movement that can definitely happen here, but you know I think with Noah Triplett, obviously we evaluated him last year very in depth. You know, entire paragraphs on on your behalf of you know relaying that information and whatnot on each individual category and you know he lived up to and or exceeded a lot of these things even while maybe not at a hundred percent so but you know noah he's a real cool guy and i mean i'm very happy for him that he was able to commit to the division one program that is drake yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I'm just going to throw this out there. I feel like still, even then, he was pretty under-recruited. Um, this was a kid that should have been getting some group of five offers and FCS offers, more FCS offers to say the least. But, you know, he chose Drake. And I believe he chose them either before the season or very early on in his senior season and whatnot. And, you know, October 12th. Yeah, there you go. So relatively early on. Uh, but look, they're getting an absolute steal. This is a guy that you don't really need to pull off the field ever. Um, 
which is good. I mean, that's the ideal running back, right? A kid that's reliable, that's going to make plays that you don't have to replace with another guy. You know, you don't got to pay another guy to do something that he's better at. He's really a very good, well-rounded running back, which is what you want uh, on the next level. And so he could fill a number of different roles for them. But I think they're getting an absolute steal. I think this is a very quality pickup for them. And, you know, when healthy, I think he could be um, extremely good for them. Uh, right, Cody? Oh, absolutely. And I mean, just want to squeeze in a few other things while I'm walking through this here. School record 300-pound power clean. Jeez. That is... That's ridiculous, dude. That's like... There's linemen that aren't doing this. But that was months ago, got a, though. Yeah, this that was in May. That was in May of last year, in 2022. So, you know, 500-pound squat around the... It was on the same day. He did these on the... Oh, my... Oh, my... They... And this is somebody who, you know, we were talking about it in the offseason last year after his historic junior year that was just like, where are the offers? And it was like a crawl. And, you know, I know that he was a little nervous about it. But, I mean, all is well that ends well. And when you can play, you can play. And people will recognize that. At the end of the day, still, I agree, under-recruited should be, you know, at least a group of, you know... I mean, ugh, I don't know, man. I just, he's invited out to CSU. He's invited out to CU and nothing happens. I mean, he's definitely somebody who could be on CSU and even probably be a rotational guy on special teams or out of that backfield, honestly, sooner than later. But now don't get me wrong. Still take your red shirt and get acclimated and whatnot to Drake. But I mean, there's definitely some head scratching overlooking here of Triplet, and it's not like he doesn't have the workload to back it up either. Like he literally does, and he does it against good competition. You know, he's somebody who found success this year against the eventual state runner-ups in Loveland. You know, he he did even better than somebody else who played Loveland, who's on this very list. He still scored two touchdowns, and he still caught receptions, and he still had close to 100 yards. You know what I mean? So like. Even against that really tough competition, he's still rising up to the occasion here. And yeah, I don't know. I think that he's adapted his game very well, depending on the opponent. I think that he's a very smart player. And I think that, you know, he's a very deserving dude just in general. Like you talked about his work ethic and how you can't measure that. And, you know, it's it comes off. Every football coach wants to say, you can't measure heart. And, you know, they think that everyone, you know, on their team has the biggest heart and but you could see Triplett's heart in his play executed with skill. And that's the difference. Like, sure, you can have all the heart you want, but I'm sorry, bro, if you're like 80 pounds. <laughs> Dang, this is kind of disrespectful to... Anyways, but, you know, he has the tools to back up that heart, and it combines, it meshes together for just a very, very complete prospect. No, absolutely, and I mean, his character is never an issue either. I think that's something I kind of want to throw out there as well. I mean, this is a good dude um, for, honestly, uh, coaches just to be around. He's the kind of player that reminds a lot of coaches why they got into coaching football in the first place, which is always a good thing, you know, but, you know, he is probably one of the most talented dudes out there. Super humble, though. And, yeah, he did get overlooked. And, look, I, I'm just going to be honest, you know. Does he pass the eye test? Yeah, not, not really, you know. But put on the pads, 
put him in a competitive game, a must-win game, and he will perform. And that's it. You know, and he will raise the level of play of everyone. You know, and give you the best chance of winning the game. Put on the pads and see what happens. That's all that you got to say, really, with Noah Triplett. Because, you know, you can look at 7-on-7. You can look at all these other things, you know, uh, his measurables and whatnot. But honestly, at the end of the day, put on the pads. And you will see what kind of prospect you have with Noah Triplett. Especially in a big game. Because he will come to play. He's got that dog in him. Honestly. And that's never been a doubt. Which is ironic. Because he will be going to Drake. Who I'm pretty sure their mascot is. Uh, or are the Bulldogs. So. Yes. There you go. <laughs> but you know. He, he really. He really just fits that role. And I mean. This is a kid that. He's going to go to war. No matter what. You know. And he's going to be competitive. And he really rises to the occasion. I would say. As well. Like I said. Some of the highest scoring games. You know, Noah Triplett was keeping them in a lot of those games that Dakota Ridge had where they were getting to shootouts, you know, Golden um, the last two years against Giselle Riley, uh, Longmont when they had Keegan Patterson. God, that was was an insane game. I'm so glad I got to see that. Yeah, uh, Chatfield, they've had their battles, you know. Uh, they've, They've been in a number of shootouts, some of the best shootouts that this state has ever seen. And Noah Triplett was right there leading this Dakota Ridge team. And I wouldn't say this is necessarily one of the more like run-heavy teams in the state. Yeah, they do run the ball a lot, but they do give you a couple different looks and they pass the ball as well. The passing game is definitely a component, um, you know, closer to an equal component to the run game. And so they're not like a Columbine or a Rock Canyon that is force-feeding their backs. I am going to drop names here. Um you know, they, they use him accordingly, but he does, like I say, rise up to the occasion and he balls out and he does that on a consistent basis. Woo. Absolute. Yeah. So should we talk about, should we recap the list here? Yeah, let's, let's go ahead and do that. I'll go ahead and do that. So at number five, uh, we got Eagle Crest's Diego Kearns At number four, we have Windsor's Jaden Thomas. At number three, we have Lutheran's Ryan Kenny. At number two, we have George Washington G-Dubs, Marcellus Honeycutt Jr. And then at number one, your number one running back here in the class of 2023 in Colorado is Dakota Ridge's very own Noah Triplett. So there you go. Obviously, running back, uh, you know, we say this all the time, but we're going to say it one more time here, is uh, extremely competitive you know, here in Colorado and across the country, like I said, it's probably one of the most undervalued positions. And so the little things definitely matter with it. We nitpick at a lot of things because that's for sure what college coaches are going to do. You know, when they see that you're not a certain height or weight or whatever or didn't put up a certain amount of stats, you're automatically off their list. And so you really got to show that you are all that and all that great stuff. And so this is a great group of running backs, the fastest group of players, uh, the fastest top five we've ever evaluated. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's just facts, right, Cody? Yeah. That was my impersonation of this running back class in Colorado. All right. It's pretty good, huh? Yeah, it's, it's pretty okay. good, huh? I could do better. It was, uh, I just won't oh. do it. So, oh, there you go. Oh, that is your capping right now. But, yeah, no, I. this was a very fun, fun group. Because, I mean, you know, in, in 2020, it was a lot of the 
a lot of the power, you know, kind of, you know, I'll say like stereotypical Colorado running backs, like those bigger dudes. And then, you know, a little bit of a change up last year. And then this year is just, you know, blazing saddles as far as, you know, the guys, the workhorses in the backfield, pun intended. And man, I'm kind of on one on the, at the end of this episode. And we knew this, you know, uh, running back group was going to be special because they're not all just speedsters. There's some guys that are just all speed. They got skill. They could catch the football. You know, some of them could run in between the tackles, you know. And so this is a very special group here, in our opinion. They are all D1 level type of guys. But, you know, it's it's. It's tough pickings out here, especially if you play running back, you know, and so it is what it is. You really got to be the best of the best, and uh, we truly believe this is the best five that Colorado has to offer, at least in this class. So there you go there. Now, uh, Cody, do you have anything else to add on here before I close? No, I just what. congrats to the guys who are, who are committed and uh, best of luck to the guys who aren't and best of luck to all of them heading forward. Once again, you are invited onto the show for an interview. So go ahead and hit us up. Yep, absolutely. So there you go there. But if you want to go ahead and, you know, keep up with the news, follow podcast, follow the podcast and keep up with the podcast news, go ahead and show some love on social media at playmakers corner on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. TikTok and YouTube as well at Playmakers Corner is where we're going to be posting clips of these episodes along with the highlights of these top five. So you could see what we're talking about when, uh, you know, we're talking about strengths and weaknesses for each of these players. So there you go there. You know, go ahead and check out TikTok and YouTube. We'll be posting uh, these as YouTube shorts on there at Playmakers Corner and show some love, subscribe, like, uh, repost, share, all that great stuff. We really appreciate that. And then on top of that, go ahead and uh, subscribe and follow us on Twitch. We'll be doing some live film breakdowns here soon, as well as YouTube and, you know, wherever you can listen to us on, uh, or sorry, wherever you can listen to podcasts and whatnot, go ahead and uh, subscribe, like, leave us a good review. We really appreciate those. And, uh, yeah, stay tuned. We have uh, just a couple more top five seniors list left here uh, for the class of 2023. We're almost done. Uh, We got interior linemen, so guards and centers, and then defensive tackles. And then at the very end, we got quarterbacks. That should be a very... um, That should be a really fun episode, to be honest with you. But all these episodes are super fun. And so, uh, yeah, thank you so much for the support. And I have been one of your co-hosts, Simon Voyanos, a.k.a. Coach V. And I've been your other co-host, Cody Stoffer. And bye. We'll catch you later. Meow. <laughs>